0: Hello, I'm Bonnie Rabikoff. Each week we visit the kitchen of one of Kansas City's celebrated chefs. We select a featured product, we prepare it, offer some cooking techniques, present it, pair it with a drink, and spend some time chatting with the chef about his or her journey to an inspiration in the kitchen. In the Kitchen has a Website component. The web component is shot in high definition to offer high-end visuals for food products and preparation. So when you visit us on the web, you'll be able to retrieve the show segments or webisodes on demand. In the Kitchen with Bonnie can now be seen on Educational TV, Time Warners, Casey on Demand, and YouTube. For a list of showtimes, please visit our website at inthekitchenwithbonnie.com and select the coming soon menu item on our homepage. You can also find recipes each month in Eating Well in Kansas City. This week, we are in the kitchen at the local pig with proprietor Alex Hope Excuse me, Alex Pope, and we're going to be preparing a slow roasted porchetta with dressed greens, black truffle butter, and all of this on a pretzel bun. We're also going to sample some of their bacon, Italian meatballs, and copa. Alex, thank you for inviting us into the local pig.
1: Well, thank you for coming, Bonnie. We loved having you.
0: I enjoyed being there. All right, let's talk about the concept for the local pig.
1: Sure, Uh, what we do is relatively simple, but Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that isn't uh, as widely practiced today as uh, it once was. Mm -hmm. Um, What we do is we go to and contract uh, small local farmers and Mm -hmm. buy whole animals.
0: Whole animals. Whole animals, which
1: is a different uh, sort of way of of purchasing meat than 99% of the uh, meat out there that you're gonna be sampling. Um, It's a little more labor intensive it's, I would imagine uh, yes. It is. It is, but uh you have a lot of control and you get to uh cut what you want, get the animals that you want and do uh do exactly what you want with everything. So, you know, it is while it is a little more uh it's a little more labor intensive, a little more time intensive, we feel it, it results in a superior product.
0: Okay. So, local, you know these farmers, these ranchers personally. You yes. understand their principles for caring for the animals, mm-hmm. what they've been fed and Let's talk also about I know local is is um a huge piece of who you are and what you do. Would you explain to me what heritage means in terms of meats?
1: Sure. Uh, heritage and uh, heirloom are similar sorts of words. so we're used to that in the sense of tomatoes.
0: okay yes, we are.
1: Heritage tomatoes, heirloom, tomatoes could almost be synonymous things okay. Um, in the sense of meats, uh, there are uh, just like just like our, our pets, there's a lot of different breeds of um, within a species. So uh-huh. there's not just a pig, there's not just a cow, right? Um, that we that we use for our uh, for our, uh, meat purposes. So heritage simply means um, at one point in time we used this animal for specific reasons, and it's fallen out of favor and is no longer used in mass production.
0: And uh, why is why is has it fallen out of favor when we so enjoyed the flavor of that particular animal?
1: It comes down to uh how these days are our modern uh, production methods okay. so uh factory or uh, commodity meat um, what we call it is uh is raised in uh, what we call confinement, which is a mm-hmm. a metal low slung dark metal shed uh, with animals that are in small cages and you know really are standing on concrete their whole life or even worse pigs are on slat floors which is mm. like the little gutter in the street and they live on that and they're constantly washed down and uh it's really, it's an uncomfortable it's an unpleasant existence there's there's a reason you don't see a lot of footage of this it's actually uh, uh illegal in some states to videotape inside of confinement farms because uh, it just there's a lot of powers that be that control it there's uh mm-hmm. not to sound you know uh, kind of out there, crazy, but there's only four or five uh, meat uh, actual meat producers in the country that control eighty-ish percent of the of the market. Um, so they have extreme uh, a lot a lot of control over everything, and uh, they want uniformity, okay. and they would like to, which is why one selection for heritage um, or for what what's ending up into our commodity pork and away from heritage is. Uh, animals that are can survive confinement farming because it's ah, intensive um, so
0: the reason for mm-hmm. doing this genetic modification is for the purpose of creating an animal that can withstand this environment as they grow and what so what mm-hmm. is the reason for this confinement farming I mean it, is it that they just grow faster
1: yeah b- well let me one quick. Uh, uh addendum to what you just said um these animals aren't genetically modified in the sense um like where corn is injected with a gene by Monsanto okay that's genetic modification okay. um, on a direct level this is genetic selection just like uh. just like so if a, a wolf was the ancestor of every dog and then there's a thousand different varieties now mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. genetic selection mm-hmm. and um our 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 meat and animals have gone through the same genetic selection you know i see many ages eons ago selective
0: breeding or selective would it breeding. be selective exactly. breeding yep, yep. but it is for the purpose of and it, it's a monetary thing it sounds it's, like yeah, it is how fast can we get this pig to and grow and how cheap
1: and, can we sell it and That's how cheap
0: the, can we sell it and what is the least amount of care that it's going to require to get to however many pounds it needs
1: to be at the time of slaughter it's a market weight yeah there's you know, a big thing um, people in the commodity business look at is, you know, uh, how much how many pounds of pork can a uh, single farmer raise a single human being? And, you know, if you look at charts, uh-huh. I don't have them in front of you, but it's just it's gone up and up and up and to the point that, you know, there's a single guy can do thousands and thousands of pounds a day because um, okay. they're just everything's automated. Um, everything okay. is uh, is is just it's really it's a mass you, production. It's mass production. It's mass production. It's mass production. And you know, mass production of, of Nintendo games is fine, but they're not living beings and it's not appropriate to do that to a something so we should be treating with respect.
0: Right. So there's a humane issue yep. and then would would it be fair to believe that animals that are raised this way may not have the flavor and nutrition of animals who are raised free range and eating off the land and
1: sure uh okay. definitely well, flavor, I, could, yeah. I could
0: vouch for it after tasting definitely, your food but definitely yes. flavor
1: uh you know we've we've not done any you know nutritional studies on our animals um okay. there's there's lots of stuff out there uh, you know i'd be surprised if it wasn't a little more nutritious but i'm not you know that's but not the flavor it's not my cup of tea but right, uh right. the flavor definitely oh, there's the word. yes there's okay. you know when an animal's allowed to move And um, eats a variety of different things. They gain more fat and different amino acids and uh, everything gets better.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So back to the way it used to be. And Mm -hmm. so you're buying, you're purchasing local meat and those animals have been raised and cared for the way you, you, your personal philosophy supports. Okay. So what was your journey to the local pig? I'm assuming you weren't a farmer growing up.
1: I was, I was not. You
0: were not. not. Okay. How did you get to the local pig?
1: I, uh, started, uh, cooking when I was in college and, um, decided, uh, after I graduated that that was really kind of the direction I wanted to go to. Food. Food. This is about food. Okay. Back of the back of the house, you know, in a kitchen. Um, I, it was intoxicating. It's, there's adrenaline and there's, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's great, especially when you're 19. It's awesome. And, uh, So I moved to New York. I wanted to go to a really good culinary school. So I found one um, and uh, I headed off, uh, stayed there for a year and uh, then moved to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife wanted to attend UMKC. So Uh off we went. Um, I got a job at the American restaurant. Okay. So
0: uh, and all of our chefs tell us this, that your education is extremely important but the time you spend with an outstanding chef is a continuation or embellishment of that learning.
1: Yeah i i, I call it I call it my time at the American Grad School. Oh, there you Because it, it was, you know, you got your general education, and then yeah. at the American, I was allowed to study what I wanted to do.
0: So mm-hmm. I had two
1: amazing women I worked for, Celine uh, Teo for. Uh, for uh, about half the time, and yes. Debbie Gold for about half the time. There you I'm go. I'm sure you've had both yeah. of them on your show, and, and
0: I have. And we're talking James fa- Beard yeah. Award-winning oh, yeah, yeah. folks, oh, so f- yep.
1: they were fabulous, and uh, they they really kind of let me um, do what I wanted to do. And uh, you know, I got I got my stuff done, but I would come in early and do what I wanted to do um, in my time, my spare time, and uh, Did, part of it was- Were you
0: automatically drawn to meat?
1: Was was that? No, it was more of uh, it was more of a craft that wasn't uh, uh practiced so i I, I tend my my personal philosophy is not to uh kind of you know hit it where there are where they aren't you know just go mm-hmm. do something different and mm-hmm. that was it seemed like a wide open a
0: pioneering gap. thing okay
1: it seemed like a gap that was open that i okay. could uh, that I could go to so okay. uh you know and that was six or seven years ago, and the local movement was you know in in its in its in its stages at that point in time, so I was able to uh find the easiest way to get local food is to buy a whole pig. So I did. Um, okay. And a, so
0: then you had to learn butchering. Yes. And seasoning. and mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And all that happened.
1: I was, yeah, I was pretty dinner. self-taught. Um, I did have some, uh, you know, we had a few classes in culinary school about mm-hmm. how to make sausage and everything. So I, I came into it understanding how to make sausage. I had a great education. Uh, a whole pig was different. But, <laughs> you know, I, I got a book out and I just kind of followed See, along. That was and-
0: before Ad Hoc came out from...
1: Oh, sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah. California. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, okay. uh, you know, it was a great time to uh, to learn, um, and I developed a lot of the relationships I still use with some farmers and uh, developed a lot of the recipes I can I still carry over to the local pigs. So that was a great time. Learning. All right.
0: So spent some time at, at the American. Where else were you?
1: Um, I was the executive chef at a place called Arbar. Sure. Uh, we had a great time there. Um and did a lot of, uh, as much as we could, we brought in uh, local animals there. So it was another good So another good
0: opportunity to be creative yes, and uh, allowed you to pursue this I interest, was. which felt like um, it, it didn't really have a focus to the to the extent that you were focusing it here. But certainly yeah. a part of the local war setting. Yeah,
1: it was a piece of my skill set as a chef.
0: Okay. when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about your journey and inspiration. And then we are going to get in the kitchen and we are going to make that porchetta with um, dressed greens on a pretzel bun here in the kitchen at the
1: local pig.